Hey everyone, thank you once again for joining us on Forex Formula Radio. Today we're going to talk to a very successful man in the real estate business who went from jazz musician to car business and then absolutely crushed it in real estate. He's a super interesting guy and I know you'll be inspired after hearing about Lucas Matheson and his story. Newer real estate agents, are you making $150,000 or more in real estate this year? How would you like to believe with 100% certainty that you will? What if you knew exactly what to do every day to make money in real estate? Are you the type of person that will do the work, serve the people well? You would devote a good portion of the day on focused activities and habits to drive business if you just knew what to do. Does cold calling or door knocking or paying for leads freak you out? Good, because it freaks me me out too. Are you working part-time and afraid to leave the job to go full-time into real estate? Am I speaking to you right now? Give me 15 minutes and I know I can help you. Go to forexformula.com to learn how I created a recipe for success that anyone can do. You have the ingredients to be successful within you right now. You just need to know what to do. Learn how I earn multiple six figures working less than 40 hours a week. And here's the kicker. I get paid every single month. Want to learn how? Go to forexformula.com. The number four xformula.com. Lucas is now the owner of a unique boutique office in the Fraser Valley of British Columbia. The company's going through some amazing growth right now and expansion. And the business model of this office is quite different from most. So we talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about select real estate, but first we're going to learn about Lucas's journey and how he got here today. I have to confess. We are partners in this company. I do not run the day-to-day -day operations. I rely on Lucas for this as he is amazing. I simply operate as one of the agents along with my wife, as you know. And I thought it would be so cool to get Lucas onto the show because he has succeeded at everything he has put his mind to in this business in all facets. And he's an awesome father, husband, business partner, real estate agent, broker, owner, and he runs a company with the utmost integrity and he has respect from everyone and he's just someone that I admire wholeheartedly. And I know that you will get some great nuggets out of this episode. All right, let's get to it. Lucas has a really interesting story and the whole philosophy behind the real estate office that we're part of is very different than most offices. And I thought, you know what, this is neat to talk about. I think this is something that I think people would enjoy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, very cool. So both of us growing up in a small town, basically, right? Chilliwack, BC. Absolutely. And uh, under 100,000 population, but, you know, managed to eke out pretty successful businesses. And, and here we are today. But I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back into things that maybe people don't know about you. Okay. And because you have an interesting upbringing and a, a very, I know your family. So it's just an awesome family. And, and each person, each kid is totally 100% different from the other. Like, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be any more different. I love it. And I, lo I love them dearly. But yeah, very different. Yeah. So... Um, Let's go back to not too far. I mean, obviously, I know you were brought up in Chilliwack and all that, but you were a traveling musician for a while. I was, yeah. So I, uh, from the time I was, well, a very young man, I was in a band all through school and then um, graduated high school, took a break from music. And then a friend of mine, Bria Skonberg, started uh, a traditional jazz band and they needed a trombonist. And uh, I hadn't picked up the axe in a little while and I wasn't sure I could do it, but... 
uh, yeah, we, we hit the road and did that for a long time. Band is still technically rolling. We don't play very much now. Most of the musicians are based out of New York mm. and they're full-time musicians. So that's uh, not what we, but we, it was, oh, gotta be 20 years that we did it. So we traveled actively for 10 of those years, but then, uh, you know, I got married and had kids and it's harder to get away for the weekends. Um, I had a perfect job for it for a while. I sold cars and my shift was four days on, six days on. So I had three day weekends every second weekend. So I could hit the festivals all up and down the West Coast with quick flights and I didn't miss any work. And maybe the odd extra day if I had to. So I was very, very able to tour for a long time. I had a great time. That is really cool because I'm I know I knew you were doing the traveling musician thing. I didn't realize it was actually that long. I'm actually yeah. finding this out right now. And the other thing I didn't know is is that you're doing it while working. Yes. In the car business, and that's we're going to talk about the car business and how that influenced you in a little bit. But um, that is super interesting. So you're kind of uh, you know satisfying both sides of you that that musician side. Yeah. And then the business side. It was beautiful. Like the, the, yeah, to be able to travel and do something that you love with people that you love is very, it's, it, you're lucky if you can do that. Yeah. And um, I didn't need it for the money mm-hmm. and it made it even less um, mm-hmm. pressure. Like yeah. it was all fun. Yeah. So um, going and being with like-minded people from all over the world. So our, our band played at these festivals that happened all over the place. But, but generally speaking, they would bring in uh, traditional jazz bands from all over the world. They come, they come to a spot for a weekend and then everybody meets. Mm-hmm. And you play eight to ten sets over three days. It's intense. And then late at night jam sessions, hanging out with the musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing like that festival feeling. There's yeah. a there's a, a community of like minded people all together from all over the world that have had similar life experiences but mm-hmm. maybe from different places. Um, those people from New York or New Orleans or you know I mean geez we had bands from all over parts of Europe it was pretty cool so I uh, yeah I am I, I I felt very lucky I mean after having kids you really can't be as selfish as yeah. you were as a young man and yeah. your time has to shift. I don't feel like I lost anything by not doing it anymore. I really don't. My kids have given me more than music ever did, but um, I, I do. I do look back fondly on the uh, on it for sure. Yeah, like it's just a great chapter of your life. Yes, right. Yes. And and uh, and I think that's when you when you're able to satisfy those other parts of yourself, and you don't feel like you're surrendering. Yes. Another part of yourself, you actually can feel more fulfilled. Like I mean, everybody seems to be chasing happiness. Yeah. Right. And really what it is, I think a lot of times it's this hole that they're trying to fill a lot of times. And that's I call fair. it being fulfilled. Like it's sometimes that's the issue more than just chasing happiness because yeah. happiness is a choice, right? Yeah. You wake up happy or you don't wake up happy. Yeah. I'm a lucky guy. I was born pretty naturally happy. But purpose is what gets me rolling. And uh, music yeah. gave me that. The business gave me that. Sales gave me that so I get up and I had something to do every day and and Mm -hmm. um, it kept me busy and I I I think whenever I'm not feeling as happy as I could feel it's usually because I am not as excited about my purpose for that day or that week or that month as I could be and if I can refocus and get that rolling then that's good music was definitely that it was this hill to climb I was always uh, getting dragged along by more talented musicians, uh, pushing my boundaries further than I would have ever done on my own. And they're all very successful professionals now, left me well in the dust as they should have, uh, but it made me have to work. And if you've ever been on a stage with musicians that are better than you, 
you never get any more out of yourself than at that moment. They are yeah. pushing you, and especially jazz is a is a collaborative environment. It's not scripted, and so somebody mm-hmm. tosses you after they just cut an unbelievable solo for the last forty five seconds, and then they hand the ball to you to keep the energy going. Yeah, it's uh, it's deep. It's a lot of pressure, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 I it was great. It was good good practice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like other people should bring the best out in you yes uh, you know when you have teams or, or people that are important yeah. in your lives even your wife like people that are that yes. are together with you in your life hopefully should bring out better challenge stuff you. in you challenge you more and 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 help you want to be better and that that fires me up that's really cool that actually gives me a lot of insight into why you are who you are just from what i know that's really cool man i, I love that now let's talk about your dad okay. your dad i i actually met him first yeah before meeting you. Yes. And we had lots of great conversations and uh, he was kind of pursuing getting involved in the business at the time and then all that stuff happened later. We'll get into that right now. But um, but I met him first and he is the consummate businessman. Like that. He was such an important man to uh, the Merton Group. Yes. In that auto group. He'd been in the auto industry for, what, 30 years or over? Yeah, my whole adult life. I mean, he was in finance briefly and then into the car industry as a young child. So, yeah, for his, his whole working career, he was in the auto industry. Yeah. And then so you end up going into the auto industry. I do, yeah. And tell me about your dad's influence on... Yeah. So my dad is, yeah, he is a consummate businessman. He's no, uh, he was a very loving dad. He was very supporting. So I don't want to paint him in any kind of a cold light, but he was the kind of dad who went to work for six days a week, 10 hours a day, because that's what it took. And, um, you know, when he was around, he was present and we, you know, spent time throwing a ball and playing sports and all that. But he was still, you know, you could tell it was his job was to be the breadwinner. And, and he tried at a very young age to get you to pay attention to the world. So, you know, he wanted you to worry about your budget, even as a even as a kid. He wanted you to, OK, you're going to have to plan for clothes this year. How much are those clothes going to be? You know, if you got this much money a month, could you afford that? I can remember being a. Well, maybe 12 and him having an allowance and that allowance had to account for our field trips for school and I spent too much money and I couldn't go on the last field trip of school and he did not bail me out he made me go to school <laughs> on my own and I was the only one who didn't get to go on the trip in the class and I remember it and, and yeah. um, you know he had a landscaper uh, that uh, he was paying I can't remember whatever $50 a month to cut the grass and he said, well, you could do that. You could make that $50. But, you know, I always did a half-assed job. And yeah. he would then, you know, drag me back out to the yard and make me do it again. So that was the kind of guy that he was. And uh, I ended up briefly going into computers. They were a focus of mine as a kid and and, and still are as a hobby today. But uh, sold computers for a little while. And then my dad uh, gave me an opportunity to work in the car industry. And I, I transitioned with him there. He uh, certainly shaped who I, you know, who I am as a business person. Certainly who I am as a person, as a parent. Um, mm-hmm. watching him sacrifice a lot and work hard taught me what it t- takes. You know, there's, there's give and take with everything. And then he, yeah, he taught me that for sure. Yeah. Very cool. And, uh, and I know Dan's a great guy, very smart man, very, um, very analytical. And, uh, but he, he has this thing about him where he has this ability to see something in somebody Yes. And bring it out. And and it's funny because he sees things in people that other people don't see. That's something I've noticed about Dan. 100%. He's, a, he, you know, as a leader at the car dealership, he was um, somebody who would get the most out of the, you know, somebody who, you know, <coughs> maybe, yeah, maybe he didn't think that they could do it. Yeah, it's it, sales is a funny place. Like, I don't know how, I guess real estate is it. 
is sort of the pinnacle of it all. But like, no matter where you sell, you end up with folks that you know they have seen some stuff. They've been through life. A lot of them have been through the ringer if they're in a sales environment, and mm-hmm. especially in the car dealership. Boy, we had lots of that. So he was able to get those people through their personal problems and get them to achieve at work and at home in a way that was very admirable. It wasn't just about, hey, this is how we're going to sell this many cars. No, no. It was, what does your family need for a lifestyle? How are you going to facilitate that? How are we going to budget your life? Like he took it to the 360 degrees to get the most out of people. And as a result, when we worked there, the staff barely turned over because they really appreciated that much care and attention. Uh, The business was small when we came, we moved to Chilliwack in 1988. Business was you know, floundering at the time, it grew into a, a massive auto group eventually. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they, they dressed up as Santa Claus at the, at the Christmas parties with everybody's kids. Like it was a very, very family environment. And I believe his ability, I think that's fair to recognize talent like that. But not only that, to not give up on somebody because they had a challenge with, you know, maybe they had a substance challenge or maybe they had a family challenge or maybe they had something. They would get them through yeah. that challenge, a health challenge. Um, yeah, it was impressive and, and a good lesson for everybody involved. Very cool. And you're trying to mirror that in this business Absolutely. with Select as well. So the car business was a huge influence to you. And, and, and like we've had these conversations, but in in how you approached how to put Select real estate together yes. and, and the ideas of other types of cash flow parts of the business and and building the sales part of it. Um, in a in a certain way to help those people excel in a certain way, and there's just lots of different philosophies that are involved that I believe came from the car business. Yes, is yeah. that right? Synergy, yeah. So we the car industry for those who haven't worked there, you have a sales department, you have a parts department, you have a service department, you have a detail department, you have a wholesale department, you have all different departments, and they all contribute to the greater whole. One doesn't exist without the other, but they all feed each other. Yeah, and. You know, you could have a banging sales month and the dealership could be really struggling because the service department didn't book that many appointments or you could have a heck of a service month and really struggle because the sales department didn't deliver or however that goes. And in real estate, I always felt like we were only, like as the salesman, we were only part of the puzzle. There's so many other things to service the client. We're only one piece of that transaction. And so with Select, we tried to build something that included property management. So if we sold to an investor, that we could help look after that property. That included strata management. So that if we uh, we needed to look after an entire building, that we could do so. And so in in British Columbia, that would be a homeowners association in in parts of the United States and elsewhere in Canada. So... uh, the, the other piece is mortgages. I mean, it's massive. Like, you're yeah. not buying anything without a loan. There's darn few people walking in with a bag full of $20 bills anymore. So each piece of that business we have built um, to be within Select Real Estate and because they feed each other, they help each other. There's mm-hmm. always a realtor walking down the hallway to talk to a property manager about how to deal with a tenant or what the appropriate rules of the road are to get something done or to really get an accurate read on rent that will be yeah. actually anticipated. What is the vacancy right now? Not what you did two years ago, but but today. Or yeah. somebody struggling at a strata to give them advice. Hey, we've got a strata manager here that can help. Or maybe you're purchasing in a in a homeowners association that's having some financial troubles. What are the real implications of those troubles? Everybody right now is struggling with insurance for, for stratas around the world, for homeowners associations around the world. Very expensive, yeah. you know? How yeah. do you get through that? Are fees gonna go up? How do you deal with that? So we have all that expertise built in within the building. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, we do a little bit of real estate development in-house. Uh, the partner's here, uh, another partner of ours. And yeah, it, it's a really nice mix to get everybody to feed everybody else, uh, yeah. make everybody a little better. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's really 
about the tools, right? Like you're only as good as the tools you have. Like any tradesman, anybody doing any craft, anything that you're doing, if you don't have the tools and knowledge, then how how are you going to be a specialist? How are you going to be a professional? Like, and be able to sit in front of somebody across the way, and if you don't know the answer immediately, you know. Gosh, I got like a five prong business that is satisfying five different facets yes. of the business that I could I could talk to right now. And they're not financially motivated nope. to not talk to me or to talk to me. Yes. They're just part of the team. Pure advice. And in its purest sense, I mean, I think real, realtors, especially in our area, I can't speak for every area, we're encouraged to push off liability. We're encouraged to... Don't answer that question, have them talk to a lawyer. Don't answer that question, have them talk to a strata manager. Don't answer that question, have them talk to a property manager. Don't answer that question, have them talk to anybody else but you. But at what point does the realtor not become the expert? At what point, I want my realtors to not step beyond their bounds, but to know where to find the answers to these questions and help their people get in touch and be the facilitator, the grease for the deal that there really needs to be. We don't know everything, but we certainly know where to find it. Yeah. And so having that in the building here, it just keeps it tighter so that somebody doesn't have to wander too far to find an expert on something. I mean, even within our own realtors, uh, you know, I don't do a bunch of commercial business. But we have realtors here that do, partners here that do. And yeah. when I'm involved in one and I'm over my head, I can go to that person and go, hey, what do you think? And yeah. uh, I can hopefully provide that you know, reciprocally in other areas, right? Yeah. And these are the things, like when people are analyzing a real estate office yes. on who they want to be part of and, and, and the reasons that they, that they choose a real estate office, a lot of times they're looking at fees and costs and structures and, and training and all that kind of stuff. And can I say, like, just for you, like, select real estate is basically saying, come to this office and we take care of everything. Absolutely. We, we take a percentage of your deals. It costs you nothing no, otherwise. No fees. No fees. Zero. Yep. Like, not even the board fees. Nothing. That's all covered. Yep. So they come to this office. They don't have to incur any kind of debt. There's no snow plowing or anything going on. Nope. They get a deal that completes. They get their percentage of that deal every single time. That's right. And then the office takes their chunk. But what the office, but the office doesn't for that is that they are front loading everything. Absolutely. So all of the marketing, all of the photography, the we own a Matterport machine. That's Select right. Real Estate owns its own Matterport machine and pays the fees every single every month. Every month I write the check. And it's not it's cheap. Not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Yeah. And and to have access to that and create floor plans and yes. and we front load those costs of having that staff want to stay here and be part of us. Like they're not they're not entrepreneurs in a way. I mean they are, but they're here yep. because they feel they're getting paid every single month. Yes. And if we don't pay them every single month, then they're going to go away. For sure. So Select is paying them. And what we do is we do as much as we can to keep them real busy yep. and make it make it work. Worth their while. But having all of that. So there's all the service stuff just to make you look really awesome as a real estate agent. Like to make a real estate agent, they, they've got everything they need. It's not based on budget. It's not no. like, okay, this listing is a really good listing, so I think I, I can spend the three, four hundred dollars on the marketing there. stuff I need. That's right. But oh, this one is a little bit less. Oh, actually, I think it's going to sell really fast, so maybe I won't spend the money and do all the quality marketing for this That's listing. Right. Like this is how realtors are making decisions; they're making it on budget. 
which they have to. I mean, we've all been there. We're broke. Yeah. I mean, you start. I started in real estate coming out of the car industry. I'd saved up some money. I quickly burned through all of that money because I was spending money left, right, and center, paying office fees, paying the newspaper, websites, lead generation, all these things when I wasn't ready for any of it. You know, you're just thrown into the mix. So yeah. I, I, I get it. But because of all the departments that we have, we don't have a huge pressure to squeeze every penny out of every realtor. We have the the the, the rest of the, the... Oh, that's okay. I'm sorry about that. We have we have the other departments to help carry the weight, to carry the, the, the rest of the... the you know, the monthly expenses. So at, when the real estate market's doing well, well, heck, we're doing even better. But we don't need it to happen. Right. And that allows the realtors to focus on their job because our job is not to design websites. Our job is not to make newspaper ads. Our job is to go out and find people who want to buy and sell real estate and facilitate that transaction purely and simply. And yeah. any time you are spending doing anything other than that, it's not real estate anymore. So I think the thing that we've got to sort of come to terms with as realtors is we think we're working, you know, yeah. When, when when we're we're writing ad copy or whatever, we're not working. You're not talking to another human being. You're not working. You're not putting a deal together. You're not working. You know you you are you are pretending to work. And I was guilty of this. I I, yeah. I I at times even now I'm guilty of this. This is this is something that you have to work on. You know repetitively. But select real estate allows their realtors to do that. That that was one one of the reasons that I was so passionate about creating an environment like this is that I know how lonely it felt to be sitting up in your office alone or in your basement or in your kitchen table, wherever you are alone, and trying to figure out whether that newspaper ad was right or whether to spend the money on the on the, the Matterport yeah. or the website or what lead generation is. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Who do I ask this question? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're very isolated. It's a very lonely business. And the people in your office, you're competitive with them. Mm -hmm. You leave a file on your desk where I used to work, and I won't name names, but like they would disappear off your desk. Yeah. You know, like that's not that's yeah. not a friendly spot. Right. Yeah. So, we, you know, I think that we have an opportunity um, here to do better than that. And I think it's a I'm, I'm very proud of it. And, and I think we get more out of realtors. And I think we get particularly realtors that have a little bit of experience in how to transact real estate. They come here and they are not used to the kind of support that we give. And they all of a sudden are freed up to do all these things that generate leads. Like I was having a conversation yesterday with one of our guys. Being a member of your pack at your school, your parent advisory council, that's yeah. prospecting. Yeah. You don't have to say you're a realtor for one second and it's prospecting. Being the coach on your kid's football team, that's prospecting. Yeah. You should be spending time being, serving, giving value to other people so that they have a chance to meet with you and interact with you in other ways. Your expertise will come through. You don't have to be banging on doors to be out there in yeah. the world. You can be volunteering at your church. You can be volunteering at your mosque. You can be volunteering at anywhere you want to be giving to other people mm -hmm. and I think you're going to be out there doing an excellent job networking and select real estate gives people the time because you're not worried about making that $2,000 a month payment to your office you're worried about yeah. where am I going to find that next buyer where am I going to find that next lead and I, I think mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty exciting uh, I, I, I hope that uh, the folks here uh, appreciate it as much as I do uh, It's we have some folks that started at select real estate and they don't know any different yeah and i and i wonder if they yeah. have that the same perspective like a, totally. uh, I, but you know I, I can't give them what they don't have you know exactly yeah. yeah and i but i think anybody at an office who's experienced that time i mean we just went through COVID. yes right now so at, at the recording of this 
we're kind of coming out of it, but we're still doing it. We got to walk around with masks. We got to sanitize. Yeah. We have to do COVID-friendly open houses. We got to get people to sign a bunch of papers. We got only one person in at a time. Like there's all this stuff going on. Yep. But business is churning. Like it's well, not. It's, it's not just churning. It's, Boy, it's rocking right now. Busy. I mean, how many deals? I mean, you're signing deals like crazy every single day, putting pumping new listings through yeah. every single day. Record June, record July, record August. Yeah. Like back to back to back. Yeah. yeah. Out of unprecedented shutdown through for here for us from March, April, May. Yeah. And we're still restricted. Like we have offices that can only have two people in them. We have, like Kelly explained, the, the, the open houses being restricted. Like even through that time, it has been as busy as yeah. it's, as it's been in a long time, long, it, long time. It is crazy right now. And, and, but that's a testament to, cause I think in tough times or when things slow down or changing markets or whatever, and I have opinions about all that and listening to the noise and all that. But but let's, you know, someone going through tough times. Yeah. And I I would contest that when someone is going through a tough time and they're snow plowing debt and, and their fees every month with their real estate office are racking up and oh, they've yeah. got stuff at home that they got to deal with. And maybe they start paying things with their credit cards. So now that's racking up yeah. and the interest is racking up on that. The stress is mounting. Huge. And now you're sitting down with clients now, are you making good decisions? Like, I liken it to this. When I'm starving, like I get crazy busy and I don't eat any breakfast and it's now two o'clock in the afternoon, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a Big Mac because yeah. I make bad decisions yes. when I'm under duress. 100%, that is the perfect, that is the perfect description. Your blood sugar's low, you're not in a good place, and you may, you're reaching for a donut, right? So, but as a, as a realtor, that, that listing to, uh, that you just described that appointment, are you going to give that person good advice or are you going to tell them what they want to hear to get the listing? Yeah. Right. Are you going to do your, are you going to be your best self? Are you? And the answer is probably not because mm-hmm. very few of us can separate our financial reality from the job at hand. Mm-hmm. But if you work at a place where you don't get buried by the bills, I'm not saying it's not stressful being slow, but I just cut that stress in half because as mm-hmm. a realtor, we all know you go two, three months without closing a deal. Those bills don't stop. Yeah. Right, you're carrying a few listings. They still expect to see it in the newspaper. They still expect you to advertise on Facebook. Like all those, all those costs exist still. Mm-hmm. And now you get to a point where somebody gives you that great listing. You're buried in your credit card, just like you're saying. You can't even afford to pay the photographer to go shoot that listing and do a great job. Exactly. So all of that stuff is removed when you're here. And then on top of that, that's the worst case scenario. You're in a tough spot for a realtor that wants to do 30 deals a year. We also just took away 25% of their work. Yeah. It's gone. So yeah. now, whether you want to invest that 25% of time back into your business and grow it, which uh, that would be great, or you want to spend more time with your family or on another project, right? Maybe you're a musician like me and you want to spend a little bit more time yeah. doing that. You can do that and still do the same number of deals that you mm-hmm. did because I just removed all that work. We arranged the photography. We put the signs up. We're running the newspaper ad. None of that stuff's hand. We're putting the stuff up on Craigslist. You go out there and be a realtor. Well, man. Yeah. I think that'd be ama- like I think that lifestyle is is a better lifestyle, and I believe the way that the other brokerages do it. I believe in our area where you're charging monthly fees to mm-hmm. collect for a realtor, they don't care who they sign up. It's anybody in the door who will pay them monthly fees to come That's on right. board. Does not that business is unsustainable? That model is broken. Mm-hmm. A managing broker. There are several brokerages in our provinces that have more than four hundred realtors working underneath a single managing broker. Yeah. How could you possibly look after and support that many people? I just I don't 
I don't understand it. How would you know the names? You wouldn't of every single person. Like if they, you, you would have. How many times a day would it happen when you're at the office and someone walks by you and you go, "Who are they? Who's that guy? Who's that person?" Yeah. Like, is that a sustainable model? No, and I think it makes all of us look poor because what happens is it's a high-volume business. So that brokerage is encouraging every Tom, Dick, and Harry who wants to get their license to come work for them. So, hey, I met a guy who I know is going to fail as being a realtor, but I can talk him into being a realtor for six months, spending a mm-hmm. whole bunch of money with me, mm-hmm. and then getting out of the industry. That's my It's in my business interest to bring that person on as a standard brokerage. Whereas at our brokerage, it is absolutely not in my interest to do that because mm-hmm. I front-loaded all those costs, time, and energy, and I didn't collect a penny from that person if they didn't close a deal. Yeah. So that's the kind of win-win, that kind of uh, of environment where they're successful, we're successful, but we've got some skin in the game. And as yeah. a result, we have said no far more times at Select Real Estate to realtors coming here than we have said yes. Yeah. Because the reality of that is not everybody is a fit to come here. Because if somebody mm-hmm. wants us to you know, just carry their water for mm-hmm. you know two or three years, that's not something we can obviously afford to do very much. Mm-hmm. So we need to have people that are here and wanting to, to work. So it keeps our office small. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the energy. Uh, other than that, you're not coming in and somebody's got their head down because you know they're buried up to $5,000 owing to the office and they've got the newspaper bill they can't pay. That's not happening here. Yeah. It's and, cool. you know, I think we build better realtors because there's more watchdogs on them as yes. well. At the same time, like we're catching everything. Nothing is slipping through the tra- yes. through the cracks. And and even like uh, even me as a senior agent in the office getting questions and phone calls all the time. Absolutely. And and looked at as someone that can answer some questions. And I, and I try to stay out. I don't go. I don't get into the management part of the role. That's that's your role. And we, no. we make that very clear with everybody. And that that's hugely respected here. But advice and, from a, advice from a, a high performer who has been there and done that. Yeah. Is sometimes even more credible than the managing broker. Like there's mm-hmm. no, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a different angle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I, I want to talk to Luke cause he's all about compliance and he's going to make sure that I follow all the yeah. rules and yeah. I don't want to get ruled mm-hmm. to death. So I'm going to talk to a, somebody who's out there fighting the same game that I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's, that's why I think the guys do reach out to you and ask for your advice because they mm-hmm. want it from the horse's mouth. They want somebody yeah. who's in the trenches with them um, and can give them the right now. And I, I got to say, I, I appreciate it. We have several partners here who are in a similar role to you, but yeah. I think my phone would ring, you know, five times as often if you guys weren't around to answer those questions. But, you know, then the neat thing about that, I'm going to add this to it yeah. that you probably don't even or I would probably not even think of. Right. Okay. Is if I talk to you about that deal, so and so just called me and they're telling you about this. You actually intimately know about that deal. Yes. And you know the details of it or, or you may have talked to them about one aspect of it. And now they've asked me about another aspect or something. But there is, there's nothing falling through the cracks here. Yes. And, and I think we created, it's a very tight ship and the people, if they ever leave this office, they're going to be excellent agents. They're going to be good influencers in the office and they're going to know about the little nitty gritty things. Um, There's a lady who just joined our office who is saying who her words were. I don't even know. Like I, I have no one to, I don't know who to call. Exactly. She came from one of those mega offices. She didn't even know about the insurance stuff that's been going on with Stratus stuff. She didn't even know about the COVID guidelines, the actual guidelines that have come out through our, through um, the real estate council. Yes. She didn't even know about that. No, and that's something that would be difficult to cover. I mean, like, listen, COVID's been challenging for everybody. So no criticism to any business (laughs) owner I got, but 
you know, at the same time that everybody had to go home, we had to communicate to every realtor in this place exactly how they needed mm-hmm. to do their business in an ever-changing landscape of rules that were adapting daily. Every week we were updating how that was happening. How could yeah. you possibly do that to 400 people that you don't even know their name? Like yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's just not reasonable. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for what we, what we built here. And, and I gotta say the guys have been, and gals have been unbelievably resilient through this time. One of the things I've been most proud of is how they've reacted. Nobody whining and complaining. The the home, like dealing with kids who are, can't go to school and they're homeschooling them and they're bringing them to appointments and they're still closing deals. I'm going to, you know, yeah. I, my younger brother, Joe, just getting into the industry right now and he's got a young daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She can't go to school. He's homeschooling her now. His wife's at work. Yeah. And trying to do deals and he's cr- killing it. Yeah. Like that is the the pride that you get when you see somebody yeah. you know that that is amazing and he's that's just one example of many around here of that that are overcoming their their home circumstances i think not I, I will give them most of the credit, but I'm going to take a tiny little bit of the credit for the office because we take away so much yes. of the other stuff that they can do it. If yes. they had all that other stuff on top of COVID, on top of homeschool, on top of, that would bury anybody reasonably. Yeah. And and we just took a little bit of that burden from them, and mm-hmm. I think that helped them. I'm not saying it wasn't difficult because it was, but maybe just a little bit easier because of it. Absolutely, yeah. because a lot of the work that gets done to market listings or we have systematic things in place for all of those things here at Select. Yes. And it, it's done for you stuff. And it's oh. done better than you can do it. Like, yeah. I, like I always say to clients when I'm sitting down with them yeah. in a listing meeting and I'm talking about Select and I'm comparing. Sure. And one of the things I say, and you can hear, you can use this if you want out there if you yeah. want, if it's true for your company. Yeah. But I, I say you can interview four different people from four different offices. Yep. Or you can interview four different people from one office, which most people wouldn't do. Most. But if you did, you would get four different stories. You sure would. And you would get four different stories in both circumstances on what they're willing to commit to doing for you to market your home effectively and get you the best possible result. Our office doesn't say that. No. Our office has the same answer. Everybody in this office has the same infrastructure in place in behind them to yeah. make them look like an absolute rock star, whether they're doing 15 deals a year, 20 deals a year, or they're doing 80 yeah. deals a year. Absolutely. They have the same infrastructure behind them that's gonna do all that. Some agents are just really good because they have lots of experience and all that kind of stuff, but you know what? These other guys are gonna get there because they're surrounded by it. That learning by osmosis thing works. It absolutely works. Our bullpen, so one of the things we have here is an, is an open bullpen for those that haven't been in the office, which is everybody. Um, and yeah. you can hear everybody working when they're here. And uh, COVID's made that a little bit challenging, but pre-COVID times, you could hear Kelly working on the phone, working through a situation. You can pick up things. And one of the reasons we put that in is it goes back to my car dealership days. When I was selling on the floor at the car dealership, we had cubicles. And my cubicle was the worst one because I was the new guy, the hot one, the one you couldn't see your computer in, all the rest of it. But what I could hear is three of our four best salespeople and everything they could, everything they said. Yeah. And I learned more in the two years sitting in that cubicle than I have ever learned since about sales just by listening and learning because I don't take everything that those people do and copy it but the spirit of what they did lives in what I do today Mm -hmm. their ability to speak to somebody that the type of selling 
I mean, whether you're selling cell phones or cars or houses, it doesn't matter. There's commonality across mm -hmm. creating relationships with people. And these folks were long-term salespeople selling to their client database. What better training ground for a realtor is there yeah. than that kind of selling? Because that's what we all want. We want that phone call that says, hey, Luke, you listed my, you know, you sold me this house five years ago. I'd like you to list it again. Mm -hmm. Or my aunt is looking for a place and I'd like to recommend you. That's what these folks were doing with cars. And so they worked their list. They look after their people. They treated them well yeah. like it, it was exactly what I needed to be able to go for and at the time I didn't know it you know I wasn't planning mm -hmm. some master plan it was just the way mm -hmm. that life worked out but as a result now we got a chance to purposely put that in the bullpen so that mm -hmm. the younger realtors or, or the ones looking for a restart can hear the more successful realtors and how they handle themselves yeah I mean you walk by somebody's desk I'm gonna give you a little insight into Kelly's desk you could eat off it you know where his files are. If he goes away and he needs me to look after something, I don't have to look very hard for it. It's, you know, like that's not <laughs> an accident. There are successful people do things in a manner that's successful. And so I I got to say that the guys get to witness that every day. And it's, mm. I, I, I think there's a really, really big advantage to watching it. Your, mm -hmm. your reference to osmosis is exactly, you're there, you're experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody closes a deal, there's a high in the whole office. Yeah. When when a something sells, everybody's excited for that. Per that energy is is oh, is, yeah. is is so good. I mean, at the car dealership, there was high volume. Right, It'd be Saturdays you'd sell twenty cars. You know, right? Yeah. I mean, your people are going in and out and buying things, and, and it's, it, 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 you're high. Yeah. Because it of all of the action and real estate can be that if you're in a group, but on your own, it's hard to generate that energy. Yeah. And hopefully we can provide that to the realtors. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're all missing it. Like we all talk about oh, it all yeah. the time when we have our Zoom meetings and we've had a couple outdoor meetings where we're a little more separated, but we just, you know, we wanted to get together so bad. We hadn't seen each other. Absolutely. And everybody showed up. Like it's not even like, it was you beautiful. know, most offices and this is the truth. Like I, I've seen it in oh, so yes. many different offices and you talk to different people in offices and they have a hundred people, 20 people, 50 people whatever but it's always a, that same percentage of yeah. people that always show up there or, or our office meetings we always say to people do whatever you want you yeah. know go fly around do what you got to do with your days but you know what Wednesdays at 9 a.m. is non-negotiable that's our time we need you here we need to talk to you we need to talk about the stuff that's relevant today absolutely and and all, all of our office meetings are, are hugely valuable that's valuable time yep. Um, and and they all value that time. They're all. I mean, if they're doing a course or no. there's something weird going on, it's not perfect. But, but they almost all our attendance is nearly a hundred percent. Yeah. And and for those mm -hmm. that 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 uh, have been at other places where the attendance, in my experience, is closer to twenty percent. Yes. The dedicated twenty percent. Um, you know, you basically have an office of that 20%. I mean, you, you think that there's 100 realtors in that office, yes. but there's really 20 because those are the 20 that are trying to get better. Those are the 20 that are sharing and learning and growing. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that that's the kind of office um, that we have except for the, you know, for us, we have 25 realtors and, and it's 25 that show up because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have been selected and self-selected being here because they value that kind of environment mm -hmm. uh, you know we have in British Columbia an avalanche of new forms coming out in in the middle of this month right yes well, we had to spend 40 minutes talking about that and getting on board right yeah we, we, we got ahead of it and now our realtors are ready for that when those forms launch any other place I would have worked the day those forms launched I would have got an email that said hey by the way there's new forms and we're not taking the old ones yeah and that would have been it yeah right so we, we have an opportunity to do better at, at the office and, and uh, we're certainly not perfect but but we make a good run at it absolutely yeah. absolutely 
So this is very cool. Now, we didn't talk about you as an, uh, before all this, and, and you just became a real estate agent. Yeah. Your dad came on board later. Yes. He, he actually thought he was going to retire, which is he's tried this, what, four times now? Fourth time, yeah. Yeah, he's tried to retire four times. Still working. He, he's back working again. Yeah. Anyway, I love I love Dan. He's yeah. awesome. But the the but he came on, he was inspired. Actually, it was, it's you inspired him. Yes. So he, that's a great, actually it was a really good story. So um, we worked together in the car industry for a long, long time. He was a general manager. I, I was uh, uh, running a lease company at the time that I uh, transitioned out of, out of car sales. Um, there had been a, a, you know, just a, the car industry had changed. And so it was becoming a little more big business, mm-hmm. a little less family. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't happy. And I, um, as much as I love the people there, and I still do, I mean, it's been a long time since I worked there and still many of them are there. Mm-hmm. The it was time for me to try something else, a new challenge. And so I, I flipped out into real estate. So my grandfather uh, ran a real estate company for many years. Um, uh, Argus was the name of the company in New Westminster. Oh yeah. I so long that. time ago. Yeah. So uh, he's no longer with us, but he uh, he was in real estate development, commercial leasing, small mm-hmm. real estate office, uh, back you know just at sort of the infancy of licensing in British Columbia in that way. Um, and I always thought it was a cool gig. Like, it seemed fun, like what they did. Mm. So then my opportunity came, arose. Okay, I was in a financial place where I could take a risk and try to become a realtor. I've been thinking about it for a while. So I took the leap. I quit before I had my license, uh, took the test. Thank God I passed my test and then started uh, selling real estate. And then probably a year to 18 months into selling real estate, I got my feet out from under me. Um, I had, uh, I had, sold I think I sold 22 or three houses in my first year which was well beyond my expectations Mm -hmm. and I was setting up for a really big second year and my dad had been retired for about that same period as I Mm -hmm. transitioned in and he was getting bored as per the repeated (laughs) and he decided to get his license and we had worked well together in the car industry so he came on board and it was a bit of a strange dynamic because it where previously he was a general manager and I was Mm -hmm. a department manager this was now my show uh, but he was very respectful and has always been and remains to this day in his fourth unretirement back into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, he still never steps on my toes, is there when I need him for advice and those things. But, uh, you know, his expertise is not in the real estate industry. He's a great businessman. He's an excellent realtor but mm-hmm. his, and a developer, quite frankly. But when it comes to real estate, you know, I was a little bit ahead of him and always was a bit more keen to pick up all the, the mm-hmm. details. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... The, that dynamic has been supportive, but you know now I, on the real estate front, I am able to offer him that same support that he offered me. And mm-hmm. my dad's the kind of guy, you don't really get to know him unless you work with him. Yeah. Because who he is is through his work. Yeah. And so I have been very, very lucky to, um, my relationship has only gotten better with him because of our working relationship, mm-hmm. because you don't really experience Dan unless you are in the room working to deal with him, right? He's not, yeah. he's a, you know, you can have a beer with him and have a good time, but you don't get to the soul of who he is mm-hmm. because his, his ego, his id is him as a working person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think so many of us view our, ourselves through our work, yeah. um, uh, I won't comment on how healthy I think that is or not because I'm still working through that myself. But yeah. it's a, it is a fact. And so giving that opportunity from a father and son, pretty cool. Pretty cool. It is really cool. And so what year was that, your first year? I was uh, – oh, man, that's a great question. So we're in 20 – that would have been two, that late 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. So yeah. 
the world had crashed oh, yes. in 2008. <laughs> yes. I was, paying no, I was paying no attention to it, by the way. Ignorant yeah. Luke. Yeah. Just walking in thinking he's going to change the world when you couldn't get a mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Like, sure. that, it was tough, man. Yeah. Like, I don't care who it was. It and was in tough. your first 18 months, whatever, yeah. 20 plus deals. I did tw- I had 20, 22 deals, I think, in my first year. And then we, we, almost, we almost hit 70 in our second year. Yeah. And I remember... Yeah. Because I, I was in another office, and I'm kind of always checking things, and I remember looking around, who's the heavy hitters out there and stuff, and I'm like, what? This Lucas Matheson guy. And great. and I remember going to the awards night. I think it was either the second or third year you were in, and you are yep. getting some awards, and you are yep. getting recognized. And I'm like, what the heck? Who is this Lucas Matheson guy? It was pretty cool. And uh, and then, you know, a couple years later, then I met Dan, and, you know, here we are. But I remember that. Like, I remember all of a sudden you coming from nothing to being – quite a heavy hitter in the real estate in our area. Yeah. You know, two full page ads oh, yes. at some point, like you could tell. And I think you were giving away iPads at one time. We like were, you were yeah. doing that some was, farming. That was great. I, I, I gotta say, yeah, that's a good trick for anybody in there. Like our, <laughs> our goal was, um, so, uh, I had through a, a really good friend of mine and a partner, Kelly and I, Scott, who was mm. selling a real estate in the Okanagan at the time. Um, we met his managing broker, uh, Bill Hubbard was his name. And Bill had written the Bible of selling real estate. And it was literally a Bible. It was thick. Um, but, you know, I didn't agree with everything that was in there. But one of the things that Bill really, really pushed hard on was you list to last. The more listings you have, the more leads they spin. Yeah. So if you can get listings, come hell or high water, you can survive in real estate. So that was our singular focus. Yes. Every day, what are you going to do to get listings? Because the rest of it will happen on its own. Mm-hmm. And um, I really believe that today. Like, I, if, if you have listings, you can do it. So what we did is we chased expires harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. And we knocked on doors for expires. And we sent mailers. And we sent out this one, which was very effective, which was, we, we'll list your house. And if it sells or not, as long as I agree to the price, we'll give you an iPad. So if I'm wrong, you still get an iPad. And this was at a time mm-hmm. where nobody had an iPad. So this is 100 years ago. Not everyone they had five of them laying around. around. It was That's, cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. And people wanted them. And we had people and, fighting. And for they were... Th- thousand bucks they're about a thousand bucks yeah it was big bucks yeah and i had one person fleece me for one that i didn't think should have it but other than that people were pretty respectful about it and um, i bought a lot of ipads the people down at uh wasn't best by the time whatever whatever the electronic shop was there future shop shop, shop, yeah yeah yeah. boy they knew me by name because i was taking armfuls of (laughs) ipads out you know we'd go in it was beautiful and handing them out like candy right so uh, people loved it and so it gave me opportunity to get in front of people in a way that i wouldn't have had an opportunity before and then your natural talent and skills and abilities will then show themselves with that opportunity yeah i have since tried to repeat that magic marketing time many times and i've never made it as successful as that particular moment because the mm-hmm. ipad was a moment yeah and it happened synergistically yeah. with with what we did so maybe there will be a device mm-hmm. um, we tried it with phones with watches with all tvs with cash with all kinds of different things over the years yeah and they've worked to a degree but never to that degree and so i think as, a, as I look back, um, that coupled with our new construction real estate connection that we made at that time, my, my now partner, Ed Van Tongen, for building, mm. I mean, the open houses for new construction. I have said to realtors, I don't know, no one's ever done this, but I've said this a million times to new realtors. If you had to take a listing for free from a new construction real estate person, if you said, I will sell this house for nothing, just give me a shot to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. So it costs you, now you're in the hole best money that a realtor could ever invest because sitting at a new construction open house they are rolling in the door 
And so you just have an opportunity, buyer after buyer after buyer after buyer. And this was at a time in our area where you could double-end deals, you could do limited yes. dual agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, across a 20-unit townhouse home, you know, 16 of them we sold both ends to. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that 32 ends in a single townhouse from sitting at an open house that I probably sold another 20 houses as a result of with list backs and people yeah. that it didn't work for yeah. or whatever. So even if I never made a single seller side commission on any of those sales, I still made a huge amount of money at that effort. So mm-hmm. I would I would encourage anybody listening, if they're trying to grow their business, get into these places where you have an opportunity to meet people mm-hmm. that want to buy and sell real estate right now. It really worked. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and now I do my own developments and so that sort mm-hmm. of has its own momentum. But I think if you can't do that, find somebody that is and there's always that realtor that has too many listings for the amount of open houses that they can do. I mean, I was that yeah. guy. Kelly is that guy right now. You know, like yeah. you, he's not working a listing all of his twenty. Like he's not. He can't be there every weekend. Yeah. So you know, the young realtor can. Mm-hmm. And you know, even if you have to give up a little bit of the commission that you would earn at that, I think it is well, well worth it. I was yeah. very willing to bend over and do whatever it could take, be as flexible as possible, <clears throat> uh, to get every listing that I could, and I think it served me well. Absolutely, and you know. Uh, I always say this too, like if you can attract two buyers, 50% of the buyers, and this is a stat actually, and it's it's in all North America, 50% of the buyers have something to sell. Yes. And then it just keeps going. That's how you get it rocking. It should never end if you do it right. Like a single listing should chain to infinity. Yes. So that's just one. Yeah. Now if you had, at the time, we carried say 45 listings. Yeah. It was an unlimited tap. Mm-hmm. At the time, we had to build a real estate team, not because I had some grand plan, but I was buried. I could not keep up. Yeah. So we needed buyer's agents. And so we brought in those yeah. buyer's agents, and that worked for us in that manner. And the other magical thing you did is you found an Allison Parvin. Well, our assistant can't be defeated. <laughs> Nobody can know about that. It's a secret. She can't be poached. She cannot be she poached. She is our Gretzky. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah. She's the real. everything. She 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 took our photos. She did our brochures. She kept me to get a mess together. She... She was unbelievable, remains unbelievable. Um, she's now the, the linchpin of the office here, so I, I can't say enough. She'll likely never hear this, so, but I, 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 I tell her frequently, when things fall down, Allison picks them up. Yeah. You know, when something isn't quite right, she makes it right. And for whether it was customers when I was away or tied up with a listing appointment, um, she never stepped over the line as far as what a realtor could or couldn't do. She knew exactly where, but she never let mm-hmm. a customer go feeling unsatisfied. And I, yeah. I, I will always be indebted for the amount of work and energy and time that she's put in. There are many times, even to this day, Kelly and I will show up here at 7 o'clock to meet a customer. And who is still here? Allison. We're chasing her out of the office. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? What well, are you I doing just got to finish. Get yeah. going, right? Yeah. So you you can't buy that kind of uh, that kind of support. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty lucky. But I think for those realtors that are trying to up their business, it was a game changer for me. I'm a bit of an organizational mess, right? So I need mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a hand reminders help, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're running around to have somebody, hey, can you draft that contract up and leave it on my desk? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you get that newspaper ad booked? I mean, making sure that the photos are right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did a, does a listing go live when you're a busy realtor and then your client points out something wrong with the listing? Yeah. Actually, Luke, that's got four bedrooms. Ay, ay, ay. Yes. That's gross. Don't yeah. do it, man. And you know what? You, uh, if In a world where you didn't have 40 listings, you wouldn't have missed that. Mm-hmm. But if you have an Allison in 40 listings, you don't miss it. Allison is a type A personality. Oh, yeah. 
that is driven, yes. but does not want to be in sales. Yes. That is the perfect person. Oh, <laughs> you if, you can, if you could clone her, I mean, oh. it would be amazing. Because you know she's not going to become your competition. Never. She's She is Doesn't there to it. serve you. She loves doing it. Yep. She's passionate about it. She loves all the people. She, does she and and she just know and it's like her level of success, like her dr- drive to go. I had a successful day, yeah. is when she can leave the ship, and it's not sinking, and she's plugged up all the holes. 100%. And then and she won't go home till she's done it. And she, but that's a that's a massively successful day to her. She is, and I th- I think having if you're gonna build a team, you need to build a team with people that that care for each other. Yeah. You know, like Allison bakes a birthday cake. So we have yeah. we have 50 employees now? Yeah. I can't then I should know that number, but I don't. But call it 50 across mm-hmm. all the departments and all the things. She makes a birthday cake personally by hand for every single person. Yeah. Okay? Like that's a big job. You know, every yeah. single week she's prepping, planning, but I don't give her any money for it. I have tried. Yeah. She won't allow it. You know, so like this is this is the kind of care and attention where like I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I eat more birthday cake a year than than like a clown that goes to these events because every week, like in non-COVID times, so we've been unable to do it because of the yeah. the pandemic. But I mean, one of the things that I I miss is man, she makes some unbelievable cakes, and it's a it gives us an opportunity to bond as a group together around something that not everybody loves because I mean, not everybody's thrilled about their birthday, right? But but in mm-hmm. the office, it's a fun event. Because Allison's made you a cake, you get to see what's going on. Everybody gets together yeah. and supports it. Like, it's pretty cool. And every cake's different. It's not every, like she's just making, no, no. she's not All cookie cuttering any kind of cake. She Every cake is special to that person. Yes. Based on something. She'll remember that you said, I love maple walnut yes. ice cream. And, and she'll make you a maple walnut cake. It's unbelievable. It's just, She's an amazing person. And it, it, it goes <laughs> to the, like, she was our first, my first hire. And, um... I worked with her in the car industry, actually. So she she was the personal assistant to the dealer principal at the time. Oh uh, yeah. And she stepped, she she parted ways. Yeah. And um, I listed her house, and I was just sort of in that upswing, and I couldn't quite afford her, mm. so I made her a deal that I was like, how about part time? Mm-hmm. And and we're almost there. Like and and I don't know why, but she said yes. She she could have done much better than me at the time, and probably still could do, quite frankly, much better than me. But she she said yes. And then from there, she quickly made herself so integral that I, I couldn't have done it without her. So it was pretty cool. And every piece that we added to that really built the team and family uh, better. Yeah. And people have come and gone. But for the most part, it's been pretty stable. And uh, I believe that's part and parcel to people genuinely caring about each other, <clears throat> genuinely supporting each other, and not taking it too seriously. Because most offices are a little, little bit competitive. And, and I, I think we get wins from each other's wins rather than... Uh, you know, I, I am never resentful of, of a sale that somebody does here. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. That doesn't go on here. No, period. That, that does not There's go no on gel. here. Somebody closes a big deal. It's high fives oh, all around. It's big time. It's yeah. big time. Yeah. And somebody closes their first deal around here. Oh, yeah. You got to watch out. Somebody's got to drive everybody home here. Like, yeah. This is, it, it, it's exciting. Like, there, yeah. there has to be, there has to be that kind of energy within any organization. Otherwise, you're not going to be, uh, I don't care how much money you make. It, it won't be worth it. Like it's not, you're not going to have fun coming to the office every day and doing the hard work because real estate is a little, is hard. Like mm-hmm. your people are born, they get divorced, they die. And we are involved in every aspect of life. Yeah. And some of them are gross. Yeah. And they're hard. 
mm-hmm. and somebody's sick. Mm-hmm. And some of the more meaningful transactions I've ever been involved in were in very, very difficult situations. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know that anyone who has sold real estate for any length of time has their stories about that. And um, you need the team to charge you back up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you go back out again and do it again. And and sometimes just somebody to bounce things off of. Oh, yeah. To, to kind of get an, another another angle on something. Because we can get too personally wrapped up in things. Easy. For sure. Easy. But it's nice to have that ear, that non-judgmental ear that can kind of go, you know what, here's how you navigate through that. And yes. here's how you're going to have to conduct yourself through this. And I know it's you're going to want to be this way, but you're going to have to do, you know, so we have these conversations to keep everybody in check yes. all the time. Like this stuff is going on. And this is like the stuff you can't put numbers to. You can't put dollars to it. No. You can't, like it's impossible. But, you know, I think if we were to sum up select real estate between the the company and all the different facets of the company and then and with the realtors i i would just say it's two words and it's really one word and it's win-win yeah where where everything is win-win it has because we're financially motivated for people to succeed oh yeah here at Sela. absolutely we we, we have selfishly we don't make any money if nobody sells any houses yeah but what a great thing as a realtor just starting out or maybe with a lower budget or maybe you're somebody that's, I'm at that 15 deals, yes. I'm at that 18 deals and I want to get to that 25, 30 Absolutely. deals a year. This is the place where you can get there because you have less things bogging you down Absolutely. so that you're, you're getting more traction, you're getting momentum and, there, and there's less friction against you to, oh. to get that production happening. 100%. And, and that, that's the thing that is hard to explain to people. Yeah, I think you have to experience going through the meat grinder a little bit. Sure. To get a feel f- for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everybody you go, you interview around at different offices and they're going to promise to train the heck out of you and they're going to promise to feed you leads and they're yeah. going to give you a break on your office fees and you're going to make it and don't spend any of that money and you're going to do this and do that. The reality of it is they don't care whether you live or die. Like you're just another number to that person Mm -hmm. and you have to adjust to that. I'm not, I can't speak for every, I haven't worked in every real estate brokerage in North America. I'm sure there's some tremendous ones, Mm -hmm. but in my experience in the sales industry with high number offices, it is darn near impossible to pull off the kind of supportive environment that would actually nurture a realtor to be successful. If you're going to be successful, you're likely successful in spite of your real estate office, not because of it. I certainly was the case for me. And I loved yeah. the broker owner at my place. Like loved him and became a partner with him in other businesses. Okay. So like, yeah. like I, 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 I loved him. So that is not, I don't mean that to disparage anybody. It is, mm-hmm. it is just the reality of 120 people work at an office, one mm-hmm. managing broker, only so many hours in the day. Yeah. That's all there is. And, and you guys are very close. We were. He, um, and he's now gone, uh, bless his soul. And, but I, I would say if I was to sum up his office, and I and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but I really believe this is honestly was yeah. his mentality, and I could be totally wrong, so you can correct me on this. Sure. But my my mentality of this, and this is when I was a competitor against him before in another yeah. office, set the bar low, and then you can't disappoint anybody. Yes. There and was then, very and then make promised. sure you have good people to deal with the paperwork. He had tremendous administrative staff. Yes, he did. He supported the heck out of you when you had a problem. Sure. So, the, so yeah, he was, was on your side. Absolutely, definitely on your side. Yeah. So there was a big. You always felt like that. Charming, most charming, charming guy. Charming. Like yeah. to eleven, like yeah. un, no one was as charming as him. But I think that the, he, I think he, 
he never he was basically I'm going to give you as low expenses as I can give you to make my money yeah. and then I'm going to let you do whatever you do yeah. and you're going to be successful because you're awesome and he believed in you mm-hmm. he did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but more people failed than succeeded mm-hmm. far more even with his best intentions to keep mm-hmm. your costs low so that you could spend money on your own business which was yeah. what he sold you on um First off, I mean, it's expensive to be a realtor no matter what. I mean, even yeah. in that office, it was expensive. Sure. And then on top, secondly, I saw a lot of people come and go over the years there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the, the people that were successful and stuck, and there are some of the most successful realtors in Chillock still work there. They do so because they're superstars. Yeah. They themselves are superstars. Yeah. And I think I think what you said earlier about... They were, they're going to be successful in spite of yes. the office. They're, they're, they're they don't just even know what they be, could have been. Yeah, they're part of that 13% yeah. that are going to they're going to kick butt. They're going to crank. And they're going to do it Absolutely. no matter we, where they are. We, we had this running joke. So in the office at the time, we had the top three realtors. And, and I just squeaked out the number one position in the board. And mm-hmm. it was every day I was having the back and forth with the guy. It was like the sticker board at the car dealership. And you're checking Whoa, the numbers every, every day. Even, yeah. Every two times a day. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it was, it, was it was all about the win, right? Because we had some fun. And that was great. And then when you looked at the rest of the 120 people that worked there at the time, 80 of them weren't doing any deals. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Cracked a hundred deals in a year feels amazing. Oh, like you're you know you're yeah. making some money, right? Yeah. And then you realize it isn't the place you are. It's you. Yeah. And could you could you teach somebody to do what you're doing? Well, no, you couldn't make them you, but you could teach them to do some of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And I also started thinking about, and actually, it was through my time um, sort of interviewing realtors before starting the, the brokerage. I would interview people and talk to them about what they wanted in a real estate brokerage. Like, what, build me your perfect one as a realtor, right? Yeah. And one guy pointed out to me that success is not measured equally. A hundred deals is not successful to some people. Mm-hmm. Twenty deals is successful because their work-life balance meter needed to be eighty percent to life mm-hmm. because they have an elderly parent to look after because they have another business that they're trying to build and they're you know working on that as a side project very passionately maybe they're a traveling musician like I was and mm-hmm. they could only spend right and so mm-hmm. success in real estate to them was 20 deals but it was a really efficient 20 deals it was 20 deals in 20 hours and they worked their butt off in that 20 hours and they were the best realtor they could possibly be and they had somebody to cover their business for when they weren't there yeah. and they like they just killed it right but that was their success and so I thought thinking to myself I usually thought about it as more deals, more money, that's successful. Okay, yeah, and it was to me at the time. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's goal is to make a half a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Some people's goal is a hundred grand and as much, and I'll do as much as I need to, but no more. And then I'm gonna spend that last 10 years of my mom's life as she lives with me to, uh, you know, and I'm gonna yeah. do that. And there's that is very successful. Who yeah. am I to say that that's some wrong way to go? And so mm-hmm. that also factored into our, our sort of model here is, mm. is, is success, if the office gets, you know, however many deals out of a realtor, I don't know the number, but like a, a small number of deals out of a realtor, we're good. Yeah. Right? And if that person makes the culture hero better, I am not measuring that person based on whether they do 100 deals. I'm measuring them, are they profitable for the brokerage? Because we got to make a living here. But I am not going to be hammering them to do 50 or 60 deals when their life yeah. doesn't. I want I want to make them successful in their life. And I, I really feel like um, there's an opportunity. There's holes in the market. I think about, I think about moms, yeah. superstars. 
of the world, okay? Mm-hmm. So important. But let's say you're a mom and you're killing it, right? Mm-hmm. You're just the best mom there is. And now your kids are getting a little older and they don't need you as much as they, they needed you. They still love you. They support you. But they're, you know, they're driving now. They're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And you've got, instead of 50 hours a week to spend on work, you've got 30. Mm-hmm. Could you be an unbelievable realtor in 30 hours a week with the right support at an office? Oh, yeah, you could. 100%. You could be the best realtor in town. Yeah. If you'd spent that 30 hours effectively. Yeah. And so I, there, there's a, I, I think there's some opportunities and, 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 yes. and, st- and there, there's some ability that I think is sort of unlocked. I think real estate and sales in general is very much like work 80 hours a week, do 200 deals a year, make all the money, mm-hmm. get your own, uh, you know, billboards uh, from here to tuck yeah. to yuck tuck. And, yeah. Right? But that's not the only way to do real estate. No. You know, you keep your expenses low at an office like ours and go make $120,000 in commission which is mm-hmm. very possible in, in, a, in mm-hmm. a very limited amount of time here, mm-hmm. boy, I, I think you figured out life. Yeah. I think you might have just won. Like, I, that was, that's what happened with me. Like, when Nicole and I came, I mean, if you think about it, we were yeah. top producing people. Oh, yes. Our, our, our job as a top producer should go to the cheapest office that's going to charge me the least amount per deal. That's true. Because, because that will actually give me more of a higher net. Yes. Right? Yeah. But I did the numbers on that. I don't know how many top producers do this, but I i mean, maybe they do. And maybe they have a different structure. I don't know. I don't maybe. know how they're doing their numbers. I know how I did my numbers. And I knew what my numbers were because I was like, where the hell is all my money going? Yes. Well, I, I, I felt your pain when I was the same thing. So right? The same thing. And I'm like, okay, we're going to record it. And we recorded Everything, Started like documenting. every single thing. Like I documented, I had a monthly thing. I made a little monthly report. It, yeah. And I even handed that to my accountant. It didn't wash because accounting works differently. Yeah, it's different. But for me, I just needed to know what is coming in, yeah. where is it all going, why is it, you know. And I started calculating it out. And I thought, well, okay, let's go dollar per dollars on it. Yeah. Which a lot of people just analyze that. They forget about the time they get. That's fair. Because when do we make more money? Like it's about our dollar per hour Agreed. time. Oh, 100%. Right? And if I can, and, and I'm I'm willing to devote, like if I'm worth $300 an hour. At least. And I got to spend an hour at my son's rugby, day, rugby game. Yes. That's worth it to me. Absolutely. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about working hours. Yes. How much did it take you to earn that $200,000? Right. Was it 70 hours a week or was it 40 hours a week? Exactly. And am I doing mundane tasks to do that? Oh. Like clients should not have to wonder whether or not I can do a nice brochure. Oh. Right? They're not hiring you to be Or a I can artist. take a nice picture. They shouldn't worry about any of those things. No. Our office takes care of all of those things to yes. make someone look good because a client shouldn't have to worry. So I get all that time back. I used to spend all hours. Like oh. I'd get up six in the morning Agnes. and I'd start working on... You know, videos for the different listings. Yes. I would be um, doing the plug-in to the to the websites and all the all different things, the Craigslist, the Kijiji, the spitting oh. it out through the Facebook. So when you calculated it all, Kelly, when you were yeah. what do you what was the cost you think? It was exactly the same you think as was, what I'm paying to the so office. So you think it was now, you think it was twenty five percent of your income? It was twenty four point eight percent is exactly <laughs> what it was. I calculated it Interesting. Out. And that was everything, because you have to calculate everything. You do. Right? Forget about cell phones and all that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. signs, cards, all Rebuying them. signs, like how many oh, yeah. pointer signs and signs so get many. wrecked? You got to put them up, you got, or you got to pay someone to put them up. Yeah. I've always paid someone to put them up, so I calculated that cost. Sure. We have somebody now putting them up Absolutely. for us here at this yeah. office, right? Yeah. We and everything gets done. So I had, and it was, it was twenty, and that was a big. I was doing a lot of deals. Oh yes. 
But that is the cost. Like that is the cost of doing business, whether you like it or not. Paying all the the ads, organizing the ads, putting the ads together. Because you had to, we had to do it still, even though it's the most expensive, least effective. We still do it. We can't stand doing it. We grind our teeth but every we, single time. But we do it. But we still do it because there's a lot of people here that still look at that doggone paper. Newspapers. And if you're not in, in there, they think you're not in business yes. anymore. Yeah, you so miss we, one week, they phone you and say if you're dead. Are you guys still around? Yeah, exactly. So we still got to do it. Of course. And but anyway, I added all that up. And so, but the, but the other part of it is the dollar per hour factor that people aren't counting. Yes. If I get. 10 to 20 hours a week back and I'm able wow. to go toe-to-toe, knee-to-knee with people that are going to bring me business and I'm doing A activities with oh. that same amount of time. Because the only thing that's limiting a successful realtor's actual business is time. Yeah. The thing they're missing is it's not money. Yeah. They've got leads that they are not even responding to. Yeah. Right. Effectively, they think they are, but they're yeah. not. You give yourself 10 or 20 hours of, by the way, you're, you're one of the best realtors in, in town. And now you give yourself the opportunity to go over. Now, well, you could choose to spend that time with your family. You don't have to yeah. reinvest it into your business, right? Sure. You could have kept it. But you guys actually upgraded your business coming here. Yep. And I would say less time if I'm just from an outsider's, would you say that you spend, I would say less time now on real estate than you did before. Totally. Being more successful. Our most successful year in the last couple of years, yep. I don't know, I think we did 130 deals or something like that. Yep. Some were private and stuff, so they didn't show up on the system. Sure. But we did, I think it was right around there. And we, I went on five, we went on five vacations that year. Went to England, we went to France, yes. we went camping. We, you know, we did all these things and we had... And engaged in your kid's life who are active, Connor active Connor was playing football in, yes. in Langley, 45 minutes away. Three nights a week, we're yeah. driving him out there, and yes. then football games in Tawasson and Delta, and <laughs> like we're doing this. Yes, and and I was helping with coaching. I was throwing the ball around. So we're doing all these things, pumping out all these deals. Absolutely. And and yeah, it was it was a little hairy sometimes. It was a little frantic. It was a little crazy. But and but had we not had the services of this office taking care of all those minutia yeah. details and taking care of all those things. I bet you that would have cost me about 20 deals. Yes, and that is expensive. So add that up. That's 100 grand. Yes, and nobody's paying that in fees. And people are going, like, I've had people look at me and go, you're nuts, Kelly. Exactly. You're nuts. You're giving that, you're giving a percentage of your, your money away. And I'm going, what? A guy who's as good as you. Are you kidding me? I got my time back. My I'm now $300 an hour Yes. every single day with my 8 to 10 hours a day. I'm more, that's three grand a day yeah. that I just got back. I think that is a great way. I think spinning that to how people could translate that elsewhere, that's an excellent way to think about your business, period. Yeah. If you're a guy who's really busy and you're finding yourself bogged down with graphic arts or video editing or anything yeah. else, you find an hourly person and get that job done. I know, that yes. is still is a lesson that I have a hard time banging through my head because you think you're saving money by by yes. doing it yourself. First off, you're not as good as the professional. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And second, second of all, what is your time worth? And it's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. And unless you don't have A activities to do, right, which most busy realtors will have A activities they should be doing, mm-hmm. um, then I would suggest you should be pushing that work off mm-hmm. to the professionals who do it better than you. Have somebody place your signs. Have somebody, even yeah. if you can't be involved in an office like ours in your area, finding ways to create that infrastructure where you just make one phone call and the listing happens, getting yourself an assistant to make one phone yeah. call and that listing happens. You have got to find a way to free. You are the product. It's like mm-hmm. a hotel room that doesn't get sold for the night. You never get that hour back. 
Yeah. You never get that night back. It's, it's gone. Non-refundable. It's gone. <laughs> so you, you, you know, it's and you don't get to just turn the taps on whenever you want, right? So yeah, yeah. I think it's a yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting game, and we built that a little bit with our team uh, before Select, and then scaled it up to the brokerage of Select. Mm-hmm. And I, I think anybody who's going to try to operate in the real estate industry, I think, needs that. And as you as you look around at the most you know, any, any area that I'm in, if I see the top performing realtors, they are not doing it alone. No, they're not. They have a support group of right. buyers, agents, assistants, whatever yeah. it is. They are not doing it. They can't. You yes. can't do 100 deals a year on your own. I mean, I mean, unless you're a robot. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. You, and do a great job. How about, I'll qualify that. Yeah. Right? Like, you're not doing, you, you still need help. Absolutely. Because something is going to suffer. Yeah. Something will suffer, whether... Your body, so you're you're oh, eating yeah. like crap because you're constantly on the go. And 100%. I hate been there, done yeah, that. Yeah. No, know that one I too. Have the t-shirt. Yeah, and or your family yeah. is going to be affected in some way. I also have the t-shirt for that one. Or you're not able to get involved in your community and do anything that is fulfilling in another way. How are you filling up your your soul? How are you filling up your or, your, your yeah like? And that is exists. the number four right there. Like you say, like you know, you know, I sing in two different bands. I get to do that. And that is, it's not like we're running around doing tours, no, no. but I'm doing something else I love. I'm fulfilling another part of Kelly. Yes. And and I don't talk about it a lot, but that is something that is fulfilling to me. Yes. And of Coaching course, your kid's football team. Coaching the kid's one football team. One opportunity. That kid's growing and getting older, and you have one shot, had one shot yeah. to do it at the age. And it was the right decision to invest the time and energy to do that because mm. you don't get it back. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like it, it, it's 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 silly that we like we have our lives flipped around. We're just going to work our butt off till sixty five, and then we're yeah. just going to write off. We're just going to relax till we're ninety. No, come on. <laughs> yeah. I would. How about we get some joy out of right now? I used to have yeah. a manager tell me, and I, and I I think this is just cancerous thinking. If you don't have your next vacation planned from the beginning of your first vacation, then you're making a mistake because then you're not going to have anything to work for. Is your life miserable day to day that much that you need to have a vacation <laughs> to look forward to? No, make your right yeah. now. The realtors have this awesome opportunity to yeah. make their life so much better than mm-hmm. everybody else who's punching a clock's life, right? All they got to mm-hmm. do is put the time and energy in. Yeah. You are literally given a blank check, mm-hmm. right? And say, so you go ahead and fill it in, whatever you want. Yeah. Fill it in, whatever you want. You think, oh, Luke, that's bullshit. You, you, you can't actually do that. No, that you actually can do that. I'm not saying you can make a million dollars in week one. That Of course not. But if you decided to do all the right things and prospected and just, you were diligent and you followed your customers up and you had a modicum of talent to start with because there, mm-hmm. there is a barrier to entry. you got to have a certain amount of skill. Mm-hmm. But in five to ten years, mm-hmm. you have built a million-dollar business. Mm-hmm. And you really have. And, you, and it seems impossible. But how yeah. many times have you gotten a realtor over that edge, over that point where they didn't think they could get? They were a ten deal realtor, then they were a twenty deal realtor, yeah. and then they were a thirty deal realtor, and they didn't believe at any stage yes. that they could escalate their business. But you knew what they didn't know because you had already climbed that mountain. And they're great realtors today, absolutely. And they walk differently, they talk differently, they have a confidence level. Absolutely. They're doing things with their lives. They're making investments. They, oh. I mean, the, everything that just washes around all of that, that surrounds so cool. and affects all of that, the ripple effect yes. of that. Because it's not just succeeding, making money, it's who you become while you're doing it. Oh yes. Because you have to overcome things, you have to. And, yes, you do. and as long as you stay the same, you're gonna stay the same. And everything else is gonna stay I the think same. You're, I think you're gonna wither. I don't think there's yeah. – if you're not moving mm-hmm. forward, I, I think you're withering a little bit. And I'm yeah. not saying you have to be making more money or uh, – that's, that, that's certainly not the case. But you, you do have to be improving. 
Yes. You have to be learning. You have to be getting better every time. And you know, I just helped one of our realtors here uh, work a deal on an investment property, their first investment property. Nice. Very exciting. Totally. It's very exciting. Yeah. You know, they're nervous. Yeah. They're excited. They're like they're fired up, right? Yeah. Well, why? Of course they are. That is yeah. such a cool. That's yeah. such a cool thing. I mean, imagine in. in Previously, it was possible around here. Realtors were buying properties one a year, mm-hmm. putting renters in it. Mm-hmm. Those folks are wealthy now. They don't have to sell real estate anymore. Yeah, like they because they 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 were able to build a business and use the money they made in an effective way, whether that in the yeah. market or in rentals, to be able to make themselves successful. And and what did that do for their life? To your point, that made their relationship. Mm-hmm. possible to do things that were never ever possible mm-hmm. when their kid wanted to go to university did they have to take a loan they didn't that was built off of hard work and good decision making right mm-hmm. and the right support mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean every, all of us listen we all walk on the shoulders of those that came before us so I don't mean that yeah. I'm not this Mr. Independent we drive on roads we go to schools I yeah. wouldn't be here where I am um, without the help of my family and other people that I've worked with throughout the years but there is opportunity out there, and I, I, I feel like it's it just needs to be, be plucked. Yeah. In your in your own. I don't know if you feel like that, but I love the way that somebody who is struggling financially, they might have a challenge with their wife and kids because of the stress. You know. Yes. And then you get over that financial struggle, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it fixes all your problems because mm-hmm. money doesn't, but you just remove that stressor. So now you have an opportunity to maybe connect in a way you didn't before mm-hmm. because you're not worried about make, mm-hmm. where, where the next meal is coming from. Exactly. It, it, if you're thinking, you know what, I got to do a date night with my wife. Yeah. We should go get a hotel room yeah. and then we should have a nice dinner that night. And it's just overnight. Yeah. We got babysitters or no whatever. But if if your mind right away goes, ah, that's going to be like $300, $400. Like if your mind is thinking that right away, you're yeah. not going to do it. It's over. And so, okay, yeah, maybe you got to think of another way. But what ends up happening is that restrictive thinking falls into everything. Yes. It, it ends. It's a block. And then they, they just don't do it. But if you yes. take away a blockage and you just and you and the eyes come up and they go, possibility. Oh, oh wouldn't that be neat? And you know what? Money's not I don't feel weird about spending four hundred dollars. That's totally fine with That's me to okay. do that. Like that is another motivation for me. Oh. To be able to say to myself, you know, honey, let's go do this. Yes. And and you're not worried about the money and just that alone. And it's not it's not being irresponsible with no, your no, money. No, it's not, it's not being you know, a bad steward of the resources that have been come to you. It's like, yes. it's not that in any way. What it is, is it's that freedom so that, to allow you to be who you need to be yes. for and help, the people around you. And help the people that you want to help. Yeah. Some of the greatest payoff in my life have been the tiniest things, you know, yeah. giving somebody yeah. a few thousand dollars to help them start their business yeah. that they needed, right? You know, and then when they come back to try to pay me back to say, no, I'm good. That was great. Yeah. I got everything that I needed out of that loan. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's that, amazing. It's unbelievable. You can't. And you think, mm-hmm. oh, Luke, well, that's I'm getting as much out of that as that person is. Yeah. That is fundamentally, I think, something that I have come to terms with. The more that you help, the more that you serve, the more that you get yeah. emotionally out of out of that thing. Mm-hmm. My sister, we talked about how all of us are different. But one thing that she continues to teach me is that whenever you're down, whenever you're low, whenever you're tired, all you got to do is get out there and help somebody. Yeah. Because no matter where you are, there's somebody else that needs your help. You get out there and help somebody, your problems, they don't go away but they become less important. Yeah. And uh, you go ahead and work a service at the mission mm-hmm. and tell me that you have a problem with your, uh, you know, that lead yeah. got away or you didn't close that deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. 
you get a whole new perspective. Yeah, it doesn't say that bad, right? <laughs> so let's, you know, and I, I, I think um, that realtors can create a successful life where they can help those around them, therefore making their life better and happier. And money doesn't solve problems, but it gives opportunity. Yes, it does. It totally does. Oh, seven minutes ago, be there in two. Okay. Sorry, that's my next appointment. All good. All good. Um, this has been great, Mike. Mike. Mike is the Text. person texting me. Sorry. No problem. This, <laughs> this has been great, Lucas. Man, um, I've really enjoyed our chat today. Me too. Um, you know, okay, I have one last question. Okay. It's a bit wacky. Hit me. First of all, real quick, just for the just for the people listening. Yeah. Because I know this about you. But I, 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 it's about giving hope to other people. Sure. Do you feel you are an introvert or an extrovert? I am fundamentally an introvert. Yeah. I learned I learned to be an extrovert. Yeah. I am I am charged up by being alone and I am drawn down by being with a bunch of people naturally. However, you say, well, Luke, you're a musician, you're a realtor, you are a car salesman. Yeah. Well, those were the things I did to feed myself and I and music is a fundamentally selfish endeavor. So if you want to waste another half an hour, I'll explain why I think that, but it really is. Most musicians yeah. that I know and professional athletes and anything, they're fundamentally very selfish people, inward thinking. They mm-hmm. love for, to get the reaction that they get, but it does come at a cost. Performance comes at a cost. And so real estate is definitely that. Mm-hmm. But I learned how to be an extrovert in the right ways yes. to be able to function and earn a good living. And I think I'm, I think that's why I'm better at teaching at it than some realtors mm-hmm. is because I'm not natural. It took me, you know, now whatever, I, so I've been selling since I'm 18. So whatever, 22 years of yeah of selling to get to the point where I had to build those blocks up. So yeah, fundamentally I'd say I'm an introvert. Yeah, so that's interesting. Now how many people think, ah, I'm an introvert and being in crowds or being around, that's, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Yes. But And I get that because I relate the same way. 100%. You would not think it and a lot of people don't, but I'm actually an introvert myself yes. too. But I think it gets overcome by our, by our, by our attraction to give to others. So when yes. you start thinking outwardly, which introverts don't automatically do, right? I mean, yes. that's part of the issue, of right? Because we're in inward thinking. Yeah. But but when we start to think outwardly and go, gosh, how many other people could I help feel better about themselves, oh, yes. get more out of themselves, do a life-changing thing or, or, or get more out of them. If we, when we start to think outwardly, then it's not a struggle anymore. It yeah. takes away the struggle. And so, you know, all the things that we need to do in real estate, if you're thinking outwardly and you're thinking about how can I give value, how can I help, how can I serve, how can I um, think a little deeper about and something and, and come up with a solution or ask more questions to learn more about that person so that I can help them. When you start thinking in that way, your introvertness yes. will disappear because you have a cause. You have a, you have a reason to overcome. Yeah. But you're also not one thing. So while I am an introvert, yeah, when I have an inspiring conversation, because I'm genuinely interested with about every human being that I meet, mm-hmm. and the one thing that I think has been my greatest tool to success in one-on-one real estate transactions mm-hmm. is I actually care how somebody lives. When I go to meet that person, I want to learn about their life and what they're mm-hmm. doing and how they're doing it. And I, in fact, have become a far more open and understanding person because of being in so many living rooms in so many circumstances mm-hmm. over the years. And so... If you can turn, what I got me to turn my introversion off was to just turn the camera around. Mm-hmm. 
right? Uh, it's not about me, it's about them. Exactly. Qualifying, 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 which happens to be the most powerful sales skill there is. 100%. Right? Like the yeah. number one with a bullet, right? <laughs> but I care. I want to know what happened with that person. How did it work out? You know, like I drive by houses today that I've sold and I think to myself about all the connections mm -hmm. about that house. Oh, that was so-and-so and they were, you know, they were getting divorced and yeah, that, they were sick. There was their kid was going through a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Gives me a reason to pick up the phone and go, hey, how did it, how did it go? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And then I am fulfilled by knowing a little bit more about that person. So I think mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're struggling with getting out of your shell, go learn about the person who's across the table from you. Yeah. Because I bet you they're feeling the same. Yeah. I bet you there, there's darn few people that I know that are genuine extroverts, that are like really fired up about being in a huge group and like always going. Yeah. I don't know what the percentages are, but I, I believe that there are more folks that are a little concerned about that than others. And you can, I think you yeah. can, like you say, turn that camera around. I think yeah. you can get over it. Turn the camera around, everybody. Yeah. That's great advice, Lucas. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I think that's so, so important for people to hear. If you were to be a superhero, okay, okay you're a I superhero like now. I like it. We, you and I both love superhero movies. It's love our it. favorite. I love it. Love it. I, um, I, what would be your superpower, do you think? Ooh, jeepers. I, I mean, I have always wanted to move things with my mind, Kelly. I mean, since I was a child. So, I mean, I'm going to pick a, I mean, telekinesis is my, telekinesis has got to be my power. All right. I, I think the fun you could have by moving stuff around with people not knowing that you could move it with your mind would entertain me to the end of my days. <laughs> make That's me awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was a super great discussion. I have known Lucas for some time now, but there were a lot of things I didn't actually know about him. I'm happy that he took the time to be with us. And if you're operating in the Fraser Valley area and maybe interested in learning more about select real estate, send Lucas a message. Lucas, L-U-K-A-S, at selectrealestate.ca. I got it in the show notes as well. For now, go out there, make a difference in your marketplace. Go out there, meet some people. Your only job as a real estate professional is to meet people, make contacts, creating long lasting relationships. That's your job. What an awesome job. If you want some help with tactical strategies to make that happen, go to 4xformula.com. That's the number 4xformula.com. Get my free book, The Quick Commission Blueprint. Hit the button that says, I want my free book and drop in your email and we'll have that to you in minutes. This is Kelly Johnston, the creator of the 4X Formula, signing off. Make a great day.